This is Shane Gibson's podcast from ClosingBigger.net. Today, we're going to talk about leading in a hyper-connected marketplace. Actually, I'm doing a seminar on the topic in Victoria, British Columbia and Vancouver, British Columbia uh, this December, early December. So if you're in the area and you like this podcast, drop by ClosingBigger.net or CMABCblog.com to learn more about the program. We'd love to have you out. So I can't cover all four hours in a 10-minute podcast, so what I am going to talk about is leading Generation Y, which is a big part of Leadership 2.0 or leading in a hyper-connected marketplace. So today's worker is a little different, and actually today's worker is much maligned. Now, nothing's really changed. I mean, if you look at the Bob Hope generation, they had a lot of negative things to say about baby boomers as they were entering the marketplace. You look back in the newspapers and studies of yesteryears, you'll see all kinds of great comments about the lack of motivation, about these kids, about their crazy rock and roll, about all these other things. Then, of course, we had Generation X come along, talking about a rather skeptical group of people who weren't as much company people as they they were these individuals who worked for in the big corporate environments, but also mistrusted them. And today, surprise, surprise, people are talking about those darn kids who are constantly connected to the internet, who don't have a large attention span, who lack work ethic, more and more the same. So I think that although we'd like to label Gen Y as totally different than the other generations, it's just a newer, younger generation moving up who have a different perspective on what life's about. So versus talking about what they aren't, let's talk about what they are and how to lead this group of people who are very dynamic and have a number of resources and insights and skills that are needed today, especially in the world that's driven by social media, the web, and transparency. So number one, let's talk about Generation Y and why they're a little different. Well, there's a study that went out a number of years ago called Digital Game-Based Learning. And they talked about it. They first coined the phrase, I think it was put up by Prentice Hall, talked about the phase, the phrase, digital natives versus digital immigrants. I think this is the most important thing to look at is all of Generation Y and a good portion of Gen X is actually are actually what we'd call digital natives. So older generations are digital immigrants. These are people who didn't have a computer or internet connections as they grew up and immigrated into this digital landscape. They see the web and computers and Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and smartphones as utilities, tools they use to get a job done. Uh, Actually, much maligned things that are intrusive into their life, really. They'd rather not have them if they didn't have to. But it's part of doing work nowadays. And many are also now addicted to their Blackberries or Crackberries. So these are our digital immigrants. These are people who kind of learned and felt a little uncomfortable, like a a new tourist to a foreign country. As we arrive, uh, things that make sense to others just aren't intuitive. So this is the group that's in the leadership position who aren't really intuitive with technology and how they lead, utilizing these tools. But now we look at the digital natives. These people were born with a computer or a PDA connected to them almost. Versus growing up banging on the pots and pan under the sinks, this two-year-old, when they were two years old, climbed over to dad or mom's keyboard and started banging on that. They stole dad's smartphone and pressed the keys. Uh, And really, since day one, we're very used to connecting digitally. 
So most kids today, you know, by the time they're eight or nine, have access to Facebook or some other social network. In fact, Lego.com, a big component of that, has five, six, and seven-year-old kids networking together and sharing their toy designs. So you can imagine this group is used to be con- used to being connected continually and having constant access to information and their networks. So imagine working or growing up in that environment where your university teachers really push to have collaborative team-based learning, where most of your lectures are now downloaded. You can download them off the intranet or the, or the uh, school e-learning site, where in class, if you don't understand something, you can quickly pop up on Twitter or direct message or text a friend and get an answer instantly on what's going on or what's happening after class. Most of your homework is done while watching television, surfing the web on your social sites, doing research that way, and of course, preparing your documents or studying. So then you you walk into the work environment, a typical corporate environment. This corporate environment isn't about getting the job done, but it's about making sure that you put the hours in regardless of whether or not you're doing job at that time. Uh, where the IT and security professionals that have been put in place by legacy leadership, by gen, really by uh, the baby boomers or older, uh, and still have these corporate policies in place where they've locked down social networks where people aren't allowed to connect to the web, who are constantly filtered and monitored based upon what they do. And if you want an answer to a problem or you have a question, you have to wait for three or four hours till your manager's available. Or you put a request for information from IT on how to hook your laptop up because it's not working and it comes back a day later. You can imagine the shock from this particular demographic who's used to being hyper-connected and having things instantly at the tips of their fingers. So here's the challenge. Two very different environments. So how do we lead them? Let's understand, number one, Generation Y. In the past, baby boomers talked about balance. In fact, they've bought millions of self-help books and attended all kinds of Tony Robbins seminars, Wayne Dyer seminars. They read Deepak Chopra. Uh, They may even go off to uh, ashrams once in a while and meditate between their 100-hour work weeks. Okay, maybe that's an exaggeration, but you know what I'm getting at. So this is a demographic that's talked about balance, that's in seek of balance, that wants more out of life than just work and chasing the dollar, yet to a large degree has failed to actually execute on that. Along come their kids, Generation Y. They believe in the promise of that. Their parents have told them they deserve that. Their parents have also told them they're brilliant. And instead of just paying lip service to living a balanced life and wanting more than just the dollar, they actually go after that. They insist on living a balanced life. They insist on having more out of work and out of life than just a job. They need for everything, they need, many of them need to have a lot more purpose in work than just work itself or just to get the job done. So this is challenging in an environment. I think about my son, one of my son's teachers. I won't sort of take this person and single them out, but they said something that was rather shocking to me. I couldn't believe it came out of their mouth, but I guess this makes sense. The teacher says to me, they said, you know, kids today, they want to know why they need to do something. They want to know why, what the task is about or why they should do something. She says, sometimes it is just because. In other words, I don't want to take the time to explain the importance of it. Kids should just learn or listen for the sake of listening. They should recite and rehearse things for the sake of doing it and not understand the greater purpose. But you know what? That's not today's consumer, today's student, or today's employee. They need to know why, 
And why has to be big. It has to have a bigger purpose. So let's talk about purpose. More than half of workers in their 20s prefer employment at companies that provide, re- that provide volunteer opportunities, according to a recent Deloitte study. And that's a quote directly of Time magazine in the July 2007 issue. Now, here's some of the things that they, here's the top 10 causes or issues that Generation Y feels is important. And really, it's not about putting it in your corporate mission statement. It's actually having programs together to provide opportunities for people to really, for volunteerism, maybe even giving them a little time off of work annually, a couple of weeks to go off and actually do sort of eco-volunteerism or community-based volunteerism outside of the workplace to really add purpose and really help this employee feel like they're adding value and actually help them add true value. Here's the top 10 causes. Number one, education. Number two, poverty. Number three, environment. Number four, health and disease. Number five, drug and alcohol prevention. Number six, human rights and political freedom. Number seven, equal rights. Number eight, disaster relief. Number nine, AIDS. And number 10, hunger. And you can actually Google the 2006 CORE and AMP Insights study on Generation Y to find those stats. But the point is, they really see not the triple bottom line or greenwashing as a new angle to brand a company but as the true purpose of a company. And this is what this worker wants, is greater purpose. So, not just once, they insist upon it. And they should. I, I really think it's a fantastic value that even me, who's a Gen Xer and mentored by baby boomers, so I'm, I'm a skeptical, but yet I'm a skeptical workaholic is basically what's happened as a combination of Generation X and baby boomers. Uh, but that's me. And I'm almost envious of this very strong value set of Gen Y. They volunteer more than any other generation has in the last 50 years. So let's talk about now, from a manager's perspective, how we need to engage these people. Well, number one, because they're used to being constantly connected and having information at their fingertips, our learning environment has to reflect that. So if I'm going to teach these people and lead them, I'm going to talk a little bit about six things that we need to look at when we look at our corporate training or mentoring programs or employee development programs. And then I'm going to sign off and I'm going to come back and talk a little bit more around some other strategies and recruiting this generation in the next podcast. But here we go. Number one, learning. Bite-sized. And I've spelt it both ways in my slides here. It's bite, B-Y-T-E, and bite, B-I-T-E. So both digital, if at all possible, but also in bite-sized, easily to consume learning objects. That's five-minute videos. That's 200-word articles with links to learning more if they want. And it's also even in training sessions versus a four-hour training session. You know what? Do four one-hour training sessions over a longer, longer period of time. And you know what? Make it a lunch and learn and make at least half of that hour of training collaborative where they're actually contributing. And that's point number two. Make your learning collaborative versus doing a stand and deliver as the leader and empowering, which is giving them the power, collaborate instead of empower. Get the people with core competencies on your team who are knowledge experts or subject matter experts or good in a certain area and get them to collaborate on teaching their peers on how they've done it and lead that collaborative learning process. But don't be the only one up there, the talking head on the soapbox. Number three, just-in-time training. So don't just do it live, but record it with video even if it's amateur and post it on your corporate intranet for people to watch it. Um, have a wiki, ubertor.com, which is owned by Stephen Jagger and Michael Stevenson. They've got a virtually connected office on three different continents, 
And what they do is they're able to stay connected with and teach and develop their people really just in time by having a corporate wiki that the entire team contributes answers to. So no, no question is ever answered twice or no time is spent answering questions twice by a manager or a staff member. They learn, they record it, and then anybody who needs that information can find it just in time. Last, second to third to last is from universal to variable. So in the past, we were also looking, we were always looking for universal truths or universal business practices. But today what we need to look at is developing variable business practices. In other words, things that can be customized to different learning styles and also dealing with different types of customers. Social. The next point is you need to have your learning be social. You know, as I talked about earlier in the podcast, especially Generation Y or any digital native, is used to being able to ask questions instantly of their peers in the classroom environment, in the entrepreneurial environment. All of a sudden, we get into work and we shut down the social networks. We ban them from Twitter. We ban them from Facebook. Uh, You know, we try to sort of police even them texting in the office. Yet this group, often if you find that people say, well, Generation Y, I find that when they don't have an answer, they just stop. They stop doing the work. They're immobilized. Sure, they're immobilized. They're used to, when they have a challenge, to immediately collaborate with their peers. So if you don't provide a conduit for that, they're going to stop until they find someone to get help from. So versus trial and error, they're used to collaborate and find the answer. So what we need to do is, you know, as a manager versus being available half an hour a day at a specific time to meet with people, you know, are you finding ways through just-in-time training? Are you finding ways through collaboration tools like Yammer.com, which is used by UberTor, which is like a private Twitter, to have staff immediately connect with and ask each other questions to keep the ball rolling? So versus thinking trial and error for learning, which is a very baby boomer, Gen X mentality, think collaborate and find the solution, which is more Gen Y. And lastly is engagement. This staff member needs constant communication. And I think it's something that builds momentum. Constant communication and connection builds momentum in in customer relationships and it builds momentum in employee relationships. They don't want to just know that we're listening to them and have, you know, a suggestion box or a one-way communication system with management. They want to know they've been heard. They want to put out questions. They want to suggest ideas and they want constant and ongoing feedback, even in the employee review process. So I just took the top off this today, but this is really some of the things we want to think about in leading in a really hyper-connected marketplace and also specifically in engaging in Generation Y. So again, this is Shane Gibson's podcast from ClosingBigger.net. And again, if you're in Vancouver, Victoria in December, I would really love to see you come out to the session, sit through the full four hours and collaborate and connect with us in person. Visit ClosingBigger.net for more information.